0: If you had one shot to sing one song, what would it be? If you had one shot to sing one song, what song would it be? Why don't you turn to the person next to you, see what it would be, maybe share it. If you, had, if you could sing one song, what would it be? Just talk to the person next to you for a moment. Okay, I'm going to jump in here, otherwise it's going to get away from us, Okay. Anybody hear any interesting songs? Yeah, maybe we'll keep it to yourself. Yeah, okay. You know, for me, on a day like today, when when you hear those stories, and and Andy's so right, you know, we've agonised over this for a long time because we know that there's people that want to get baptised. But one of the big things that stop them is the fear of public speaking, which is a real thing for many people. We get that. Um, and so we said, okay, let's take that out the way and you don't have to tell your story anymore. So we thought this would be the first baptism we've ever done where, you, where, where people don't tell their story, where we just baptise them. And so people signed up on the basis that they wouldn't have to tell their story. Then when they came to the prep, they said, we want to tell our story. So, but you know, when you hear these incredible stories, and, and honestly, the ones at the first service as well, all different, all unique but all a story about what God has done in their lives. And for some people, you know, and this is my story where they were brought up in a church family and, and, and all of that. And so they've always been around church and I have as well. But for other people, that's not their story at all. We've got lots of people in this church and maybe not just here in the room, but maybe those of you who are listening and those of you who are watching, this is your story as well. And actually, they, they weren't brought up religious at all. You know, we had someone that's just gone through our Alpha course in Hagley who never ever has been to a church service in their life. People who were atheists who don't believe in the existence of God and yet God has interrupted their life. God has impacted their life. God has invaded their life. And they've got a story and they've got a song to sing. And I want to just share with you a few things about what I think. You see, I think God has a song for every single one of us to sing. And I want to give you just a few ideas and pictures around this. I think God has a song for you to sing as well. As well as those guys that are getting baptised, those girls that are getting baptised today. God has a song for you to sing. And for me, it's a song of new beginnings. It's a song of new beginnings. And that's why baptism is such a powerful picture. Because you go into the water and you come out of the water. And it's the idea that actually this is to signify a new beginning, a new season in your life. There was a businessman who told a story many years ago of a warehouse property he was selling. The building had been empty for months and needed repairs. Vandals had moved in and trashed the place and rubbish was everywhere. And he showed a prospective buyer the property. He took pains to say that he'd replace the broken windows. He'd bring in a crew to correct the damage and he'd clear out the rubbish. Forget about the repairs, the buyer said. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building, I want the site. And when you give your life to God, what you do is that you say, you give your life to God and then He, on that foundation now that you have, that we've sung about, of His love, He builds something, a new beginning. And that's why baptism is so important. But you know, it's not just a song of new beginnings. It's also a song of forgiveness. One of the other images of baptism is about forgiveness. It's a cleansing. It's a washing away those things in our life that we're disappointed about. The things in our life that we've done or that have been done to us that maybe separate us from God. It's a song of forgiveness. You know, today is Palm Sunday. I mentioned it earlier on. It's a day in the church calendar when we celebrate and remember when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and the crowd of people gathered, and this is what the Bible said in Matthew 21, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And the word Hosanna in the original Hebrew language literally means saviour. That's the song they're singing. And in their minds as as Jewish first century people, the saviour, the Messiah would come and rescue them from their circumstances, which is the oppression under the Romans. But you know, Jesus hasn't come just to change us from our circumstances externally. He's come to do something much deeper than that. And that's internal work. And when you give your life to God, you have a song of forgiveness to know that you're cleansed, to know that you're clean, to know that whatever you've done in the past has been wiped clean is amazing. This is a really old reading. It says this, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need is forgiveness. So God has sent us a saviour. His name is Jesus. You know, I I love what a guy called J. John says about about Jesus. He says, Jesus has not come to rub it in. He's come to rub it out. And many people think that a relationship with God is God's going to say, oh, you're this and you're that and you've done this and you've done that and I'm going to rub it in. It's the opposite. He's come to rub it out. What a great... Song. It's a song of new beginnings. It's a song of forgiveness. It's also a song of freedom freedom from those things that hold you back and pull you down. I said earlier on, um, one of my passions is movies, and one of my favorite in my top 10 movies is a film called The Mission, which, if if you've seen that, it's it's an old film now. Um, It's an old film, it's only the 80s, but that is old for lots of you. I know that. Uh, But this is a film uh, set in South America a few centuries ago. And and this character that we're going to see here, the Robert De Niro character, he plays this part, he's a soldier. And and in the bag there is all of the stuff that represented his life, his helmet, his sword, his armour. And he's dragging it behind him because in a fit of rage and anger, he has a fight with his brother and kills his brother. And he's so remorseful that he says, I'm going to turn my back on that old life. But he can't let go of all the stuff that's pulling him back. So he tries to make an escape and to get out of the environment. So he climbs up a mountain and he's up a mountain, but he's still roped to the past. And he gets up to the top of the mountain eventually, but he's still held back. And one of my favourite all-time movie scenes is this scene when all these indigenous tribe guys come around him and they look at him and he looks up at them and he he doesn't know what they're going to do. And he can't speak their language and they can't speak his. And they get knives out and he thinks... They're going to end it all. And he doesn't care because he's so bound by all of these things that he's done. And they cut the rope off and the rope and all of his past stuff heads down the cliff. And this is his face. And I love this thing because this is a song of freedom, isn't it? And when you give your life to God, it's like he cuts that rope away of all that stuff. Not only from your past, but the stuff right now that's pulling you down and keeping you bound. It's a song of freedom. Freedom. Jesus says in John 8 verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you are truly free. And my prayer for the two ladies that are getting baptized here this morning is that you'll know that God says you are free. So live in freedom. Don't be pulled back any longer by all that stuff from the past. Nicole, you shared that as well. You talked about those things from in the past. And I think God wants to say to you, don't be pulled back by that. You now are going to live a life of freedom whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And then the fourth thing I want to say, I think there's also God can give us a song of hope. Don't we need hope in our world right now? I love this little phrase I saw somewhere recently. And this is so British. And if you're not British, forgive me. But the thing said this, where there's tea, there's hope. Isn't that so British? Where there's tea, there's hope. You know? and, uh, and I just love that kind of idea, really. Uh, but you know, we need hope. You know, we hear a lot uh, on our TV screens right now about Russia and about all of the escalation of the political situation. But you know, years ago, uh, when Russia was the Soviet Union, for 60, 70 or so years, they, they were gripped with, with very hardline communism. And in that communistic system... Okay, they basically said there is no such thing as God. They said that religion is the opiate for the masses. From, that was Karl Marx that said that. And, and they basically were atheistic. And right in the middle of that, there's an incredible story. Because when, when George Bush was vice president, he tells the story that when he was representing America at the funeral of the uh, Soviet leader Brezhnev, and he says this, he said, I was deeply moved by a silent protest carried out by Brezhnev's widow. She stood motionless by the coffin until seconds before it was closed. Then just as the soldiers touched the lid, this is what he said, Brezhnev's wife performed an act of great courage and hope, a gesture that must surely rank as one of the most profound acts of civil disobedience ever committed. She reached down and made the sign of a cross on her husband's chest. In The middle of that kind of atheistic culture, she was crying out and looking out for hope. In the citadel of secular atheistic power, the wife of the man who'd run it all hoped that her husband was wrong. And then George Bush says this, She hoped that there was another life and that that life was best represented by Jesus who died on the cross. And that that same Jesus yet might have mercy on her husband. I want you to know today, you don't have to face that final moment with your fingers crossed. You can have a genuine, real hope A song of hope when you put your hope and trust in Jesus. What an incredible song that would be. So if you had one shot to sing one song, what would it be? You know, I think not only does God have a song for you to sing, I think God also has a song for you to hear today as well. And I really want to say to you getting baptised, this is especially for you, but it's also for everyone else. Because God has a song for you to hear. And it's not a song of disapproval. It's not a song of judgment. It's not a song where he's rubbing it in, all that you've done wrong. It's a whole different song than that. Some of my favourite verses in the Old Testament from Zephaniah chapter 3. And I'm going to read it from a different translation because it gives a different meaning than what I would normally read. It says this, The Lord your God is with you all the time. And guys, you're getting baptised today. You'll feel God's presence today. But you need to know that tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, God's still with you. You might not feel it today. Often, and we all testify to this, when we get baptized, God feels so alive and so real. Often after baptism, we can lose that sense of God's reality. But God says, the song I sing over you is this, I'm with you all the time. Then it says, He is a powerful and mighty warrior who saves you. When he thinks of you, listen to this, when he thinks of you, he exults in festive pleasure and with great delight. At other times, he becomes quiet As he reflects on his deep affection for you, he celebrates who you are with joyful singing. So, you know, we love the fact that we can sing to God and we have a song that God has given us. But the reality is God loves to sing over us as well. And God has a song that he wants to sing over us. It's a song where he takes delight in us. He doesn't love us because he has to. He loves us because he wants to. He also, the the songs, the, the words say there, he quiets us with his love. He doesn't want us running around looking for love in all the wrong places. He quiets us down and then he rejoices over us with singing. Just like, you know, when you're a father or, or a mother and you have that little baby and you wanna, you instinctively want to sing over the baby and rejoice and, and calm and comfort and celebrate who that baby is. God has a song over every single one of us and sometimes we can't see it. Or we can't hear it rather because of all those other songs that we hear in our head. Those songs of disapproval. Those songs of failed expectation and of disappointment. And oh, we really wanted a son. Or you're not as good as your sister. And all that kind of stuff. And we can't hear the song that God has because of all those other things. But I want to say to you as we draw to a close. And in a moment we are going to sing again before we baptise Jane and Nicole. You know it it took courage for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey because the crowd that welcomed him on Palm Sunday got less on Monday, less on Tuesday, even less on Wednesday, even less on Thursday. On on Friday, even his friends ran away. The crowd on Sunday was massive. The crowd on Friday was one, was Jesus on a cross. And it took incredible courage for Jesus to do that. And the reason he did that is something within him rose up that was bigger than the fear that was against him. And, and for me, when I read the Bible, I can read in Hebrews, this is the reason why Jesus had the courage to ride in Jerusalem. The Bible said, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And here's my thought, the joy, I hope you get this, the joy set before Jesus, the thing that kept Jesus going in the week of Easter, the thing that kept him motivated, the thing that kept him pressing through when the crowd became one, just him, the thing that kept him on the cross was not the nails and it was not the thorns, it was the joy set before him and the joy set before him was Nicole and Jane and Laura and Rebecca and Mick and Liz, who we baptise today, and every other single person on planet earth. The joy set before Jesus was you. And the joy set before Jesus was me. And he did all of that so that he could have a relationship with us. And he said, I just want to sing a love song over your life. Isn't that amazing? I just think that's amazing and I've been a Christian a long time and I don't want to get over it. I don't want to get over the fact that God loves me so much that his son Jesus would go through all that agony so that he could get a relationship with me. I don't know about you, but that's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And So what I want to do is I'm going to invite the band to come back up and I want us just to pray for a moment. So maybe we could just close our eyes just for a second. It took courage for Jesus to do what he did. It took courage for Jane and for Nicole to get up this morning and today, not just to get up, but to get up here and to speak. It took the guys who were baptised at the first service courage to do that and to nail their colours to the mast. What about you? Listen, if you are a Christian, I want to encourage you in a gentle but challenging way to get baptised. That takes courage. You are nailing your colours to the mast when you do that. It's a really, really important part of your life and of your discipleship. We've got one on July the 8th. There's a sign-up sheet in the atrium. Do it today. Two ladies came to me at the end of the first service and said, Oh, I think him shall I shall I said, Go sign up. They did. So it'll take courage for you to do that. But maybe you're not yet a Christian. Maybe you don't believe in God. Could you today have the courage... To open up your mind to the possibility that there may be a God. What could you do? You could come back. You could come back next Sunday. Here, Easter Sunday. You could come back in April. You could talk to the person who bought you. It takes courage. Maybe you're not ready to say a big yes to God. Maybe you could say a little yes this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this incredible... Incredible truth that you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus. God, you've given us a song to sing. But also, Lord, you have a song that you sing over us. And God, we want to pray for Nicole and Jane who are about to get baptised. But Lord, we want to pray for every single one of us. That we will hear your love song over us. And that we will sing our love song back to you. We only had one shot to sing one song. It's going to be about you. So Lord, now as we sing and as we witness this incredible baptism this morning, God, fill us with praise, fill us with song, fill us with joy and courage, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to take the sheet off the baptism tank and get ready uh, for the baptisms as well. So why don't we stand and uh, we're going to sing. This is a great song. The line in this song said, I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So I want to say to you this morning, you are no longer, whatever it is that you were before, you are a child of God. So you are no longer a slave to fear. You are no longer a slave to sin or to hopelessness. You are a child of God. And then Andy will come back and we'll baptise these two guys together.